Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. Hi and welcome to episode 101 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. Do you have a complicated relationship with food? Well, if you're new to the podcast, I want to say welcome. It's a really tough spot to be in when you just can't start another diet or you think you want one, but they never have worked. So what are you supposed to do? you're in the right place. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while, I'm so glad you're here too. I'm glad that we are still connecting. And today I have a letter that I'm excited to read to you because this person has been exploring her relationship with food for a number of years and even experienced what she would think to be as a respite where her relationship with food felt easier. Now you listening may be like, well, I want to experience that too. And honestly, I think this letter writer was experiencing what she thought was a break, but honestly, it wasn't. It was on its way to being there, but it still was really complicated. Because here's the thing. In a nutshell, we live in a world that really has a massively disordered eating relationship. Diet culture is a big, big problem. It has infiltrated our thought processes, how we interact in the world, how it's even structured in society. It benefits a lot of people, but the majority of us suffer. And this letter writer today, I think diet culture has kept her from really being 
I don't know, I guess like in a place of total acceptance and self-actualization. And actually, even as I say that, I'm like, no, I think it not even something fluffy like that. I think diet culture and what it has kept from her is really having dignity and respect, some basic things, not some fluffy self-actualization that Maslow would really want to talk about. And I look forward to you listening to this letter because I wonder if you're picking up on the nuance too. Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Do you experience PCOS and at Diet Rock Bottom? I want to help. I have been helping hundreds of women with PCOS to experience things like intuitive eating and to heal their relationship with food and their body while rejecting diets and all the crappy parts that it brings into our culture. We're going to be exploring more of that in this podcast. And for those of you affected by PCOS, I've made a course just for you. I only open an enrollment a few times a year, and I will be opening up its doors January 25th. And I would love to see you on the wait list. You can get to it and be the first to know when um, all the details. And also I have always give out some cool freebies during the launch process. So get to it at PCOSandfoodpeace.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, hello, my friend. I know that you're my friend. I know that you're good for me. I have also always loved you. Do you remember in high school when I found that you were also good for comfort? I gained a little bit of weight and my family went into a panic. My mom hid you from me while the rest of my family ate whatever they wanted at restaurants. I had my meals chosen for me. I had to report everything I had eaten at the end of the day. So I hoarded you and binged on you whenever I had the opportunity for my choice. Even eating pecans with sprinkles on them just to have something sweet, which is kind of disgusting by the way but we haven't always had an unhealthy relationship. Remember in college, after that terrible breakup, my best friend took me to the store, marched me to the Oreo aisle, my favorite, and said, pick out any box that you want. We'll eat them all. My high school self would have purchased the whole aisle, but you and I had a moment. I looked at those Oreos and I realized this will not help me the way I want it to. And I got out my sadness in a healthy way. I exercised. I eat you when I wanted to. Sometimes that meant emotionally, but mostly it meant when I was hungry. I felt we were we got along and made good choices. I finally lost the weight and I felt happy about my body. But these past three years have been very hard. I noticed our relationship start to shift when I found myself waking up to myself eating crackers. My new job, fresh out of college, and another breakup were too much for me to fight. And then another situation that I'm still healing from and will keep from the letter. It was such a hard experience, food. I was left completely alone, but with the responsibility to act like nothing had happened. You were the only one that could help me, it seemed. My only way of feeling control again. I found myself not caring how I looked on the outside. I found myself self-harming. I've since started seeing a counselor for the other issues, but you and I still have some reckoning to do. 
I've tried to find peace with you by letting go again, letting myself eat intuitively and trying not to focus on it. But I feel a hesitant about letting go of the comfort you bring me. I can't exercise. It's only discouraging to me. I binge eat to prove to myself that I still have a choice. I know I should be accepting the weight I am, but I feel like accepting that is accepting my binging habits and accepting an unhealthy relationship with food. Help me to see you clearly again. Love, let's be friends again. Hey there, letter writer. Thank you so much for your note. I appreciate the time and also going through all of this really tough um, notes on your experiences with food, your body, and just living your life and the trauma you experienced. I know that's tough work in itself. So I appreciate it. And I have a feeling those of you who are listening appreciate it as well. Some of the things you know in your letter are, I don't know, I guess if you were sitting in front of me, I want to really challenge. And one of them is that there was a time in your life where you were able to let yourself go and really dive in into intuitive eating work. So if you're new to the Love Food Podcast or you've never heard of intuitive eating, certainly it's a really important part of the whole Love Food Podcast experience. And those of you who are trying to move away from dieting, it's a really important book to read or at least really immerse yourself with. You can find out more about it by going to intuitiveeating.org and click on the 10 principles. I feel like it's a great place to start. But in a nutshell, Intuitive Eating is a book and now basically this paradigm shift. And the book, it was written by two dietitians in the mid-90s. And since then, there have been 75 plus studies showing how intuitive eating is something that is valid and scientific and has evidence behind it. So um, if you're wanting to promote health and no longer diet, it's definitely possible. And intuitive eating is the modality that I use as my a basis, and I encourage you to explore it too. And this letter writer, she explored intuitive eating. But one thing that I kind of got hung up on, and I don't think I'm just being overly type A about it, but it does sound to me that you never really got to heal that part. Here's what I mean. When you were early on experiencing the pleasure of food and you noticed that it was something that comforted you, your family did a really great job of educating you on cultural fat phobia, the expectations that you are only acceptable if your body stays acceptable. Horrible and shitty, but unfortunately, pretty much every family that I know experiences that too, myself included. And I'm not saying that as a way to put down my family, but I think our families just do what they think is the right thing and want to protect us. And unfortunately, this is culturally something that's been given to us from many generations that I know that I'm trying to change and I'm hoping that you will too. But basically, they let you know that getting comfort and pleasure from food and it affecting your body was something that was to be really um, controlled and it was not okay. And what ended up happening is what happens to just about every other human being because When our body doesn't get enough food, which is honestly the response that happens when a family member or caregiver is restricting access to food, especially a young person 
oftentimes what happens is not that there's enough food and the comfort eating or pleasure eating stops. There's not enough food and there's deprivation and there's a threat of deprivation, which physiologically our brains are wired then to binge, to hoard, to make sure we get what we need. And even pecans with sprinkles like you described, which honestly, that doesn't actually sound that gross to me. I could see how it would work because I live in the South and candy pecans are a big thing down here. And I really love them. But anyway, moving on. Um, What I thought was really interesting and important for you, Letter Writer, is you talked about when you found in college where your relationship with food felt friendly again and that pivotal moment in the Oreo aisle. Seriously, do you know how many important moments in life happen in the Oreo aisle? I think we'd be surprised. But um, your friend basically, and this thing is so important that it was a friend, and not just a friend, your best friend, someone who loves you unconditionally, basically gave you permission to do whatever the fuck you want with food, to get through this experience however you needed to. This is your best friend. And I know for me, my best friends in college, they were like my chosen family. And I have a feeling this person was too. And they were kind of like unteaching you. You know, um, I think it was Summer Inman who first taught me that kind of term to unteach you. And, you know, I think your friend was trying to unteach you that fat phobia that, hey, get through this hard time however you can. And I want to be with you. I want to eat them too. We'll do this together. And the thing that was really neat about that permission is I have a feeling it calmed down in that moment, the threat of deprivation. Because when we have that urge to binge, that secret shame layer that is just such a like textbook part of it, when that's not there anymore, the urge to binge goes down a lot. It, it doesn't go down for everyone and it doesn't go down on the way. But for so many people that I talk to, it goes down enough for them to kind of take a step back and be like, huh, what's going on right now? What do I need? What do I really need? And it seems like at that moment, you were like, huh, I need blah, 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 <laughs> whatever it was. And honestly, I have a feeling your friend was probably what you needed. You know, you needed to feel accepted because when there's a terrible breakup for whatever reason, I know for me, that was always the feeling I had is that I didn't feel acceptable. And your friend, she let you know that you were, no matter what. And the thing that's tough though, is as that like kind of the pendulum was swinging in a calmer direction, that you said that you started to exercise and you ate when you wanted to. And sometimes that meant emotionally and sometimes it meant when you were hungry. And it sounded like it was kind of calming down, but then I read things like you finally lost weight and finally felt happy about your body and making good choices. And I'm getting picky about those because I think they're really important. And for any of you listening who maybe has experienced something similar or yearning for something similar, I think that part is really the piece that kept the healing from happening. And maybe why you're feeling stuck right now and not experiencing that acceptance that I'm guessing that you yearn because as humans, I think we all want acceptance. But, you know, the, the part about losing weight and that being so tied up into the happiness with your body, I feel like that is just part of those old rules that your family taught you on fat phobia. And I can appreciate why that would feel so good 
to finally feel like you're fitting in. And newsflash, I feel like I have to just say it and honor it because I'm this lady walking around with thin privilege. You know, I've never been in a larger body and I probably won't ever. It's genetically just how I'm made. And I didn't quote unquote earn it or, you know, do anything to affect this body that I have. It's the one that I was given. And I appreciate the privilege that allows me. And so it's so easy for me to say that. I um, feel also privileged to have walked with so many of you along your journey towards food peace and healing your body from the trauma of diet culture. And I feel like there's a way to experience that happy, that happiness without losing weight. And I can appreciate how it'll feel like happiness when you've lost weight because of the acceptance. Moving on from that nuance, I have some thoughts to, I don't know, maybe ponder as you're moving forward. What can help you now that you're in this place you're in? It sounds like a really tough time, possibly a trauma that you've experienced. I'm so glad you've reached out for help. It's definitely one of the first things that I would encourage you to do. What I hear your brain doing though, is that making peace with food means you'd be letting yourself go. And I talk about it a lot, but I think it's really important to point it out again. Letting yourself go is not giving up. Letting yourself go is letting yourself be. It's letting yourself be in the present and accept. And I have a feeling, again, that's what this whole thing is about. I have a feeling that's the tap on the shoulder that food and binging, I think that's their message. One of the first steps I feel like for you would be experimenting, just experimenting. I don't want to be all or nothing with this, but I really want you to experiment with accepting where your relationship with food is right now. You called it an unhealthy relationship with food. I really want to challenge that. One of the reasons is because it seems very black and white or all or nothing. And just like uh, moving away from diets is not letting yourself go. It's letting yourself be. I also feel like our relationship with food is not healthy or unhealthy. We live in a world that likes to simplify things and make things so black and white. And our ways of relating to food are so complex and nuanced and beautiful. We make at least 200 eating decisions a day, at least. So, you know, I, I can't imagine 200 to 400 are quote unquote the wrong decisions because again, it just isn't yes or no. <laughs> so I wonder what it would be like if you experimented with accepting your relationship with food where it is right now. And man, I feel really mean saying this, but I would really want you to just explore this. I wonder what would happen if you did accept your binging experiences. Because here's the thing. I'm really thankful you have the binging. Really thankful. It got you through a lot. You know, food is meant to be pleasurable and has a comforting side of it. And I have a feeling as you were being brought up as a child, you weren't really encouraged to use it that way. And then as your body was changing, because it changes anyway in your teens, um, and your parents saw your weight changing and freaked out, you were penalized for that really, I don't know, biological tool we all are given. Food is meant to be super comforting and pleasurable. 
And I think it's really important to accept that. And I wonder again, if there's a way you could honor the parts of you that have been hurting and food has comforted them. And I explore this a lot in episode 20. So if you can go way back in the Love Food archives, look at episode 20. I sat down with Carrie Anderson. She's a counselor and she's someone that talks a lot about accepting and even grieving how the relationship with food has been experienced and how um, you know giving yourself permission is really something that can help you to heal what may look like the binging on the outside, but really what the whatever is deeper in there. Because I think, again, the binging is just the, the body's way of tapping you on your shoulder that there's an unmet need. And, and I think it's important to say with not a but or an or, but and the binging did help you. It helped comfort you. It soothed you. It helped you feel pleasure. It may have helped you disconnect, especially with this tougher experience that you've had recently. And you know what? That is survival. And those of you listening who've never been through anything traumatic may not connect with why that's important. But living through trauma, we need to find our ways sometimes to disconnect. That's how we got through it. So letter writer, I see food has written back, but that's one of the things that I would really encourage you to mull around or maybe bring to your counselor. Is there a way that you could experiment with accepting your relationship with food your body, and binging. I wanted to mention too, before we get to food, hold on food, (laughs) is there is someone on Instagram who I think would be really interesting to follow. And I'm gonna go ahead and put it on the Food Peace Syllabus. So again, if you're new to the Love Food Podcast, the Food Peace Syllabus is a collection of resources that we have gathered over the last 101 episodes that helps to further enhance our Food Peace journey. And on Instagram, the handle is Body Posi Panda, and the woman's name is Megan Jane Crab, Crab, I believe is how you say her last name. And so if you go to Body Posi Panda on Instagram, the thing that she brings to me on my feed is she really helps me to continue to challenge beauty ideals, gives my body permission to be however it is today, and also really calls out diet culture and all the oppression that it brings. Certainly she's an inspiration to me and to many other people. So check her out. Again, her handle on Instagram is bodyposipanda. And of course, if that sounds kind of weird in an audio way, I have it in the show notes. You can click on that right now. This episode of the Love Food Podcast was brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. Are you experiencing PCOS and a diet rock bottom? I wanna help. Enrollment for the course Opens January 25th. Get on the wait list at PCOSandFoodPeace.com. All right, letter writer, thank you again for your note. I really appreciate it. I have a feeling there are many people listening right now who can totally relate to your experience. Please keep us posted. I would love to know how those experiments go. All right, take care. Dear, let's be friends again. We feel as though we haven't been on the same page for a very long time. Sort of like we keep going in circles. We see and feel your pain and wish we could help you move forward. Instead of fighting us or ignoring us or fearing us, what if you accepted our ways of relating? 
What would happen if we put down the battle gear and just honored the strength and comfort we've experienced? We think fighting keeps you from the truth. You are precious and deserve happiness in the skin you're in today. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.